Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958, 931-243-3958, or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men, in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot, sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. I was in North Georgia running an auger trying to dig some post holes to build a fort for the minions. The auger caught on a rock or either a root and uh, the blade quit spinning so the handle started spinning and I was holding it and, and it jerked my arm in a really awkward position. If you're familiar with a Frank Mir shoulder lock, it's basically what happened to my arm. And several months later, while I was uh, working out doing some jujitsu, I got a guy in a collar tie. And as I pulled him toward me, something popped and I severed my triceps tendon. And so I had to have surgery and, and I had the surgery back in April. And just prior to the surgery, I'm lying in, in the bed and they've got the needles all in me and I'm getting ready to get the happy juice. And the little nurse walks in and says, hey, Mr. Jones, uh, we've got a little bit of concern. Your blood sugar is pretty high. And so we're going to go ahead and do the surgery. We're not going to let it stop us doing the surgery. But after you get done with this arm surgery, you need to follow up with your general practitioner. And, and, and so it started me on this journey. Now, when I was in high school, I got diagnosed by an ear, nose, and throat guy. He gave me a, a glucose tolerance test. And, and it basically came back that I had a, a very mild condition of hypoglycemia. And really, it is one of those things I was supposed to limit my sugars eat a lot of proteins, a lot of small meals every day instead of just three meals a day. And I did pretty good with that. Now, when I got to college, I kind of ran off the rails. I had figured out that, you know, you can do about what you want to and eat what you want to if you exercise, burn that sugar off. But, but in college, it was like I didn't even eat well. And I would self-medicate with ice cream sandwiches. 
And uh, I didn't have a lot of money in college, and sometimes my food choices was, was pretty poor. I remember on Sunday mornings, I would drive to go to church, and I, I worked at this little church about 20 miles away from school. And I would up too early for the cafeteria or didn't just want to walk across campus, just go to my car and drive. And, and I'd go to McDonald's, and the only thing I'd, I could afford was the hash round or the hash brown thing that they sell at McDonald's. And so that's supposed to keep you, you know, going till lunch on Sunday. And and so I made some pretty bad choices, but it was manageable. And and we do what works. And even though it's suboptimal, we repeat what works. But now here I am as, as an adult, and they're telling me, hey, these numbers look pre-diabetic. And so I go to my, my general practitioner, and, and now this is the general practitioner that took over the practice after my family doctor, Dr. David Huff, retired. A doctor, retired colonel from the Army. He was a, 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 an Army medic and was the, the doctor for the SWAT team for a long, long time. And, and when he retired, he sold his practice to this young guy. And, and, and I don't have a lot of confidence in him. You know, I, I want a doctor older than me. And if what you do is you look at me and you have charts and, and you look up stuff in a book, well, you know, I'm educated and I can do that. Well, he says I'm pre-diabetic and decides to put me on a, an oral medication. And then we're going to recheck the numbers. So we go June and July and my A1C climbed two points. And, and so I'm losing confidence in this guy because once I read up on the medication that he gave me, he, he had prescribed it wrong. And so I start doing some other stuff. I'm going to do some dietary controls because, you know, if if you have, if you're diabetic, then uh, you can be type one or type two. And type two is, you know, you're an older person and you're gaining weight and you're not exercising, and you're not controlling your diet. And if you change all that, you can kind of reverse it. So, so I start doing some work. I start doing some pretty serious work. And I'm losing some weight. I get down, you know, to 170 pounds, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm the man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this thing. Well, then I go from 170 to 165, and I woke up a, a couple of weeks ago as 162. And, and I told Jackie, I said, you know, I, I don't really think that my diet is the cause of this. I think I'm probably actually sick. I, I think I'm losing weight because I'm actually diabetic. And so I established a, an appointment with an endocrinologist, and, and we, we go there. And uh, the first thing that happens is, you know, he comes into his office after taking some blood, and he gives me the speech. And he's talking to me like I'm a misbehaving child. You know, I'm sitting in his office, and, and you know, he's like, okay, so your blood sugar's out of control, and, uh, you know, there's nothing you can do with your diet, and you probably haven't been exercising right. And, and, and I'm livid. I mean, I'm mad at this dude. Now, the first thing is you, to, to be in his practice, to go into the, the little room, you got to wear a mask. Well, it is, it is December of 2022, and the mask thing is, is out of vogue. You know, my, my friend Troy Farmer has a sticker on his car that says the mask is the tinfoil hat of the 21st century. So here's this doctor that doesn't know enough not to make us wear a mask, and he's giving me a speech about my diet and my exercise, and I'm vacillating between putting him to sleep and just walking out. I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm in good shape, I'm healthy, I work out. Well, now, you know, when you think about how honest I am about this, you know, I'll go to Decatur and, and roll with the jujitsu guys, and if I do three or four rounds, I'm good. But if I do five, six, or seven rounds on my way home, I'll stop and get a Pop-Tart and a chocolate milk. Well, I come back online, I feel great, I don't feel like pulling over and taking a nap, and I drive home. Well, that's probably stupid. 
I typically eat strict and I typically behave, but the doctor says, no, you know, your, your blood sugar was 400 when you came in here. And yesterday on a fasting test, it was 400. And so all of a sudden, we're not talking about type 2 diabetes. And we're definitely not talking about type 1. But he uses this phrase, you've got type 1.5. And nobody's ever heard of type 1.5. He says, based on what we're looking at, this is, this is not just, you know, the thing that happens to people your age who don't behave. You, you've got an autoimmune condition that we, we would consider an autoimmune diabetes. And uh, it really not going to have a lot to do with your diet, not going to have anything to do with your exercise. And we're going to put you on a new lifestyle regimen. And here's some things you're going to take home with you. So before you leave today, you're going to get a glucose monitor. You're going to get some insulin. You're going to get an oral medication and another little needle thing. Now, the, the needles with diabetics, those are micro needles. I mean, this like smaller than a piece of fiberglass. If if you could notice that I'm, you know, have needle marks in me, you're way closer to my stomach than our friendship allows. Okay. So the, the needle's not a big deal to me. It, it, you know, I wore a colostomy bag for 21 weeks, a, a, an insulin needle, not a problem. What gets me is they gave me this glucose monitor. And a glucose monitor is a little disc and it has one of those little microfiber needles in it and you stick it to your upper arm and, and, and then it reminds you that your sugar's high, your sugar's low. It keeps a record of, of, of are you keeping your sugar in, in, in the normal limits? I, I, I'm going to take a Sharpie marker and I'm going to draw on my little disc that I wear on my arm and I'm going to give it a face of Hitler because I call it the glucose Nazi. Now, I'm, I'm using that term for two reasons. One, because of a Tim Conway skit, where Tim Conway is a Gestapo interrogator, and he tells the poor guy that, that he's interviewing that he, since he's not being cooperative, the Fuhrer is very angry at him, and he sticks his hand inside his coat, and suddenly he comes out this ridiculous hand puppet. And it looks like one of those cheap, cheesy puppets that Mr. Rogers used to use, but it's Hitler. And he's using this high-pitched voice and trying not to move his lips. And the poor guy that he's talking to cracks up on stage. And, of course, you know, everything they do on Carol Burnett was, was filmed live. And part of the fun of watching them was to watch them lose control. So anybody, you know, within 10 years of my age probably saw that skit. We were on the range one day. And Larry Shields, a good friend of mine, is the range master. He's doing our firearms qualifications or the class that we're doing. And he's being strict. I mean, he's, he's being overly strict and being a little uncharacteristically grouchy for Larry. So the youngest guy on the team, Mark Plemons, asked me to come out to his car. So we walk off the firing range where guys are reloading. And Mark raises the trunk of his car. And uh, he's got this extra pair of socks. He goes, hey, I want you to take this sock. I want you to draw a Hitler face on it. And so I take this Sharpie marker and I do the, the, the slick down hair and the little uh, paintbrush mustache and, and make him a Hitler sock puppet. So then we go back out on the range and Larry will give orders and give commands and we line up. And when he turns his back, Mark reaches his hand into his pocket and comes out with the Hitler puppet. And he holds it up and he moves his hand like you're doing the Princess Diana wave. And before Larry can turn back around, he hides the puppet. Well, he does this the whole time we're shooting. And then we get into the classroom, and when Larry turns his back, you know, out comes the, the Fuhrer. 
and then Mark excuses himself, and we're sitting in the classroom, and Larry's trying to teach, and then the windows to the left of the little portable trailer that they used at NASA's range, here, here's the Hitler puppet, and he's doing that clutch cargo walk, you know, up and down, up and down, going by the windows, and I think eventually Larry saw it and ran outside, and, and we quit playing with the Hitler puppet that day. Mark kept the, the Hitler sock the whole time he was on the team, and, and then, you know, he eventually left and went into federal law enforcement. And so here I am with this little glucose monitor on my arm, and I'm going to call it Hitler. I'm going to call it the glucose Nazi because it, 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 it's strict. It's like caring at the HOA. Everything I put in my mouth affects my sugar levels. And if my sugar goes high, I get an alarm on my phone. If my sugar goes low, I get an alarm on my phone. If I lose the signal to my phone between the things sticking on my arm, I get an alarm on my phone. And here I find myself about every hour waving my phone over my arm and, and, and checking to see what, what the glucose Nazi says. I've begun to, to watch everything I put in my mouth. And I weigh or I balance. Hey, you know, if you have bread at breakfast, you can't have bread at lunch. Well, if you have bread uh, at lunch, you can't have potatoes. If you have potatoes, you can't have... And, and I'm now balancing everything I eat because... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to make sure that this little monitor on my arm shows a certain number and, and it's got to be within a certain limit for me to be healthy. And, and, and it's a little overwhelming at first I was angry and then I was a little bit scared, but now here I am with this constant reminder that, that I'm supposed to do certain things with my food and it's not like it beeps and says, you're wrong. It's not like it beeps and says, hey, you ate a Pop-Tart, and, and, and that's bad. If I eat a Pop-Tart, my alarm will go off, or, or when I check it, it'll say, hey, you ate a Pop-Tart, and you're hurting yourself. And then unspoken, hey, life's about choices. See, what the, the glucose Nazi is designed to do is to keep me operating inside certain limits. It doesn't expect me to be perfect. It doesn't expect me to be ideal. But it also doesn't let me become unacceptable, either too high or too low. And so I have, I have this constant reminder, and it's not something that, that is trying to teach me right or wrong. It's just keeping me accountable. I can eat what I want to as long as I'm willing to live with the results. As, as humans, we actually have a, a similar thing attached to us. Uh, it, in theory, it's not attached to our arms, but it's connected to our heart. It's called our conscience. And, and, and our conscience is a constant reminder and, and it's supposed to keep us acting within within certain limits, but your conscience can can get miscalibrated. It can get broken. It can get dulled. But in addition to the conscience, we, we have this other companion. We have this thing that that's a, that's a daily reminder of the limits that we have. It, it's it's scripture. Now, there are things in Scripture we don't like to hear. You know, we feel like the doctor's talking to us and, and, and talking down to us like he's scolding children. 
there are things in Scripture about self-control. There are things in Scripture about how we express our sexuality, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our children, how we treat our parents, how we treat our neighbors, how we treat our enemies, and some things in there about how we treat ourselves. And, And everything in there, everything God has ever asked us to do is actually good for us and everything he's commanded us not to do actually turns out that it's that it's bad for us. Now, we can disagree with it, and it can make us angry, and we can feel insulted, and we can feel judged. But the bottom line is there's, there's this operational set of limits for human behavior. And there are things that go beyond those limits, and, and, and they're not healthy. And, and, and Scripture contains the things that help us have optimal living. In fact, there's a verse in Scripture that it says this contains everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's the optimization of human living, and we, you don't have to agree with it. I don't, I don't like the, the glucose Nazi on my arm. But if I'm not going to get diabetic neuropathy, and I'm not going to lose my eyesight, and I'm not going to lose my hearing... I don't want to end up later on in life being an an amputee. Then the glucose Nazi reminds me that the choices I'm making, it's not that it tells me I'm wrong. It just says, hey man, you're hurting yourself. Scripture, the Bible, is not designed to make us feel guilty. But the things that are written there are designed to make us accountable. Scripture reminds us of what to avoid. Scripture reminds us what to pursue. Scripture tells us what to be and what not to be. It tells us when when our attitudes or our actions or our treatment of other people are outside the acceptable limits of what we would consider God-likeness. And if we exceed those limits or don't meet those limits, either too high or too low, we get out of bounds or we don't reach the standard, then there's a reminder. If the Scripture is properly paired with our conscience, and our consciences are properly paired with our Scripture, it works just like the app on my phone and the glucose Nazi on my arm. It's designed, again, not to make me feel guilty, but to make me be accountable. It helps me keep a record of what I'm doing. Uh, It's designed to help me operate within certain limits. And again, when I eat the wrong thing, it doesn't come up and say, you failed. It comes up and says, hey, man, you're hurting yourself. You see, this little app that we have attached to our heart, attached to our conscience, is the Bible. And, and, And just like my glucose monitor. It would do us very, very well to check it. Check it daily. Check it often. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. 
cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian jiu-jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense, If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones, and then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.